0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Wasted Possession podcast. This is me, Reesh. I'm joined by my fellow co hosts. go like- first. <laughs> Ali,
1: Alistair. It's been a while since we got together and had a talk, so it's all right to be back. Uh, let's grind out that YouTube content.
2: <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, Nahyan, also known as Thermal. And um, yeah, it's good, it's good to be back. We obviously haven't done a euro's copa special copa america special yet so or episode yet i should say so yeah
0: yeah awesome so obviously you guys congratulations to all the english fans out there congratulations to you two you guys are in the semifinals, playing in a few days how are you feeling
1: i feel like uh it's coming home lads (laughs) nah to be fair like I was I was very skeptical of Southgate at the start, but as it, the the tournament's gone on, and obviously we got the big win against Germany, which was I think everyone. After the game, was saying, "Yeah, boy, it was a, it was a, it was a trash German team. There was a German team that hasn't been as good as previous." But before the game, everyone was saying, "You really think you're gonna beat this German team? Look what they did to Portugal! Blah 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 blah." So you know, um, I think I think we did what we had to do there, got the massive win, um, and we can definitely carry that bad boy forward um, into the rest of the tournament. I feel. Um, Obviously, you'd expect us to get past Denmark, who have been really good, in spite of what's happened to, obviously, Christian Eriksen um, earlier on in the in the tournament. But um, yeah, I think we'll get to the final. I think Italy have a much better team than us, man for man and as a unit. Uh, but I think the one thing I haven't or no one previously gave Southgate credit for is getting it tactically right in the games he's in. Um, And I think he proved that when we played Germany and we had quite a different tactical um, setup and formation. And um, they just didn't really threaten us at all, except for that Muller chance, which is off the back of Raheem Sterling's mistake. So, you know, I think we're in a really good position and it's it's genuinely a feasible outcome for England to win it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think in the group stages, there, there were a few iffy performances, but then if you look at those teams we had those iffy performances against, Look at Czech Republic, Um, they went on to beat Netherlands. Obviously, didn't get free Denmark, but you could tell that, you know, those 1 0 wins were actually really good performances in hindsight because Croatia obviously gave um, Spain a very good game. And and Germany, I think, Germany, probably one of the strongest teams in the tournament. And um, yeah, to win that in, in the way we did it, it was a very it's a very. It felt like a seasoned performance, mm, although I think we don't have. Although we, we we haven't really been up against. Well, we haven't won those big games in the past, but um, last week, last Tuesday, it felt like an experienced performance. I think for the other game, Spain. I, I think Spain could shock a few people. They've dominated every game. Um, they they haven't taken their chances, but they probably from a performance perspective. I mean, they have it in them to dominate Italy. Whether they can get the goals or not is a different story.
1: Mm, and I think I think it's important that um, we draw up on them one 0 wins. Sorry, I tried to interrupt you there. I thought you were done. <laughs> um, but um, you know, the teams that we were playing were very defensive minded, defensive orientated, and particularly Scotland were very fired up. Now, the first time we come up against a team that isn't set up like that, which is Germany comfortable to no win could have been more we missed a few opportunities then obviously ukraine probably would have gone the same way as um croatia and um czech republic games if it wasn't for the fact that we got a goal in the fourth minute and it was a case of you know if if say for example croatia lost in the group like they did they could afford it maybe you know let's not um concede too many keep confidence high etc etc um whereas coming in to that Ukraine game, obviously Ukraine then have to try and play, um, which obviously opened up the game a lot more, which is something that, you know, maybe we didn't, um, have the opportunity to do because teams could afford to drop points. They can't afford to not win games now. Um, so yeah, going going forward, I think, you know, not conceded yet. That's a massive one, especially when you got man like Jordan Pickford in goals with all the, um, <laughs> you know, the, all the stuff that have been thrown at him. Um, you know, Maguire and Stones, two questionable centre-backs, apparently. Um, I, th- I think um, Maguire's performances have been really good when he's come on. Um, I think it highlights the problem that um, Manchester United have, you know, why is he not replicating that from Manchester United? I think it's highlighting the fact that he just doesn't have a competent defensive partner there. Now, Stones is a really good player. Um, you partner him with Diaz and he's world-class, but that was an inkling that what Stones going to do with Diaz, it just turns out that Maguire needed somebody who can pretty much actually defend um, next to him in order to perform. And I think that was backed up by, um, you know, that late um, Ukraine goal against Sweden was... One hundred percent poor defensive positioning and um, mentality mentality from um, Lindelof. So I'm quite excited to see if we do bring in a competent centre back. What it means for us, but again, this isn't a Manchester United conversation. We're talking about the Euros. Um, but yeah, it's been a great tournament so far. Loads of loads of different, uh, um, you know, twists and turns with France, the Netherlands. And um, I'm probably missing something, <laughs> someone else as well.
0: Yeah, no. so basically what I really find interesting about the way the semifinals are shaped up is that you have two very like practical teams, right, in, in England and Denmark, right? Like their, their primary objective is we're not going to concede, right? Mm. We're going to win the game. We, we're going to take the few chances we get. We're going to try to be efficient with it, but we're basically not going to concede. And then you have these two like idealistic teams. And I really shouldn't say idealistic because Spain plays basically Morata. Who, he's like murat he's not really trying to score he's more there as like a pressing forward basically he's a false nine yeah effectively right and but but even then like the way spain plays is is just beautiful it's just idealistic it's just like right and italy <laughs> italy is doing that <laughs> what is like tiki italia right so whatever happens the final is going to be this battle between like the pragmatic and like the idealistic side of the game and and what we've we've always had this narrative right that in international football, except for that Spain team from 2008 to 2012, we really don't see idealistic football, like, have success. Like, if, even if you look at France, the most talented team, like, Pogba is out here basically not going, not making those deep <laughs> runs into the box. He's staying back even when we have the chance. Instead, he's looking for a pass because he knows he needs to be there to defend. Right. And, and that just goes for, I mean, that just goes for most international sides in general who are successful. Right. They're very, very, pragmatic it's just jose Marino football, you know what I mean just yeah we're gonna defend till we die,
2: yeah, I mean like i I agree with with what you're saying i I think t- to compare it so, so the Spain team you mentioned in two thousand and eight and twelve that that team was the perfect team, but I think it's a bit harsh to, to say about England where where the, where the focus is not to concede I think we've just been very good at defending i th- we we took the game to Germany. One, i uh, Not necessarily take take the game, but deserved winners certainly had control of that game, and um, yeah, I think I think in the final, I, I don't I don't see sort of us waiting for a counter versus Italy. I think I think we could really take the game, take the game for either of them. But we have to take oh, we have to take we have to get past Denmark first. So yeah, I guess that's.
1: I, 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 I was agreeing with you until you said maybe not take the game to Germany. We absolutely took the game to them. If you look at the heat map of the likes of Gosens, and I think it was Kimmich on the right on right wing back, the difference in that England game compared to the other games they played in terms of their heat map and where they were positioned, um, their heat map was predominantly in the opposition half against everyone else but England. Against England, it was well back. There was hardly any streaks of heat going forward and i think england just absolutely nullified them um identified that that's where the threat is um and came up with something that was sturdy against it but also gave them you know germany something to question in terms of opportunities going the other way apart from that first 10 minutes that first 10 minutes i was like oh well <laughs> we're done um but then obviously the game took a bit of rhythm england took control and it was really really good to see now are we going to be able to do that against italy i'm not sure i think their fourth style of play is a lot more intelligent um but at the same time i think if anyone is going to topple that italian team in terms of out tactic them i don't think out of the teams that are remaining you you can look past anyone other than england because the way the team's set up against everyone they've played so far has been completely sort of different, dependent on the ability level of the other team, and it's worked every time. Maybe not against Scotland. I think we should have beat Scotland. Um, I, We knew they had to be fire up for it. You know, Stones should have scored um, that early opportunity. And then I think Scotland's aim was to not lose against England. So, you know, your point, Scott McTominay at centre-back, says it all, to be honest. Um, But, yeah, I think... um they've handled it quite well and they've shown that they can switch and uh, adapt to whatever another side is throwing at them.
2: Yeah. I mean, like by, by what you said, it sounds like we agree here. It's just that our definition of what we see as taking the game to someone is, is a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, we control the game. Um, but what I want is for the both of you, for, for your predictions for well, both the semi-finals, starting with Italy and Spain, um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm um, go. I feel like Spain are a bit flimsy at the back, which which c- could cost them. I feel like when whenever they they they've dominated a lot of their games, but they haven't really been tested. And when they were, when they did play Croatia, they 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 struggled in the groups. They struggled. So I, but I think it's I think it's a very like, I can't pick a winner, but I'm inclined to say Italy. Mm, you go first, Rich.
0: Honestly, look. For me, I remember I remember when I was doing like the whole bracket thing before the thing started, I predicted Belgium versus Italy and I thought to myself, wow, like the golden generation versus this, you know, Tiki Italia, this kind of unique Italian team. And then I thought to myself, wait, this is gonna be Mancini versus Martinez. Yeah, Mancini's gonna win. You know what I mean? And the thing is, this 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 game against Spain, it's Mancini versus Enrique, right? And like like if if you wanna see like the two great coaches, who can who can really put up a fight? You know, like Enrique, if you remember again in that uh, game against PSG when they conceded four, he said if they can put four passes, we can put six. We can put six past them. Guess what happened? They put six past them, right? Like Enrique, like he, if someone is gonna beat Mancini, I think right. I, I mean, yes, England could do it because England, I think, have, has a better squad than Spain right now overall. But I think Enrique, man, he is he's probably like. He's probably one of the best top five coaches in the world right now, and and don't get me wrong, Mancini is still great. Mancini is Mancini; he's, he's yeah. you know unquestionable. But like the, this game is gonna be a difficult one. I, but I, I do agree that Spain is gonna struggle defensively, despite having Laporta. I think I think I I just don't think who's Unai Nunez, who's their goalie? Unai Nunez? No, not Unai, Unai Nunez. Simon. Yeah, Simon. Unai Simon. Simon, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I just. I, I eric garcia is okay as well but like come on he, he doesn't really get had has had like a full proper season of top five football right yeah so for that reason i don't think that spain is gonna be able to make it through but at the same time i do expect that the goal line score line is probably like something like maybe 3-1 for italy
1: hmm. uh, i'm and- i'm feeling italy as well i think i've heard a lot of talk about spinazzola being out um people forget that it was Eda who i'd Barely played for his club in 2018, 17, 18 season, scored the winner for Portugal to bring the trophy home for them. So I don't I don't believe that'll be that much of a factor. Um but yeah, I think I think it'll be Italy's. I think the problem with Spain, I don't think they're gonna be able to have that sort of dominance on the wings that they've had, because they're relying on their wide players to get the goals. Um I don't think Italy will allow that. I think they're gonna be very tight at the back. And without a proper outlet for a striker, you're not going to be able to. I, I can't see Maratta doing a job against I mean, Bernucci. That's or not
0: Murata's job, right? Like no, of... no,
1: no. You're right. You're right. That's not his job. But ultimately, Italy are going to be too tight for them to fully thrive on the wing that they like lo- that they want to. You're going to need that out and out goal scorer who's going to get maybe two chances in that game and nail them both. And they just don't have that right now. Um, so I, I I I don't think Italy are gonna concede. I think it's gonna be an easy two-nil win for Italy. Um from, from that standpoint, I think defensively they might be old, but who cares if they're aging because the tournaments right now in Cialini and Bonucci. Um I think, you know, on the on I think when you look wide, Federico Chiesa is one of the most underrated players in the world right now. He's right. absolutely insane. I mean, I think he'd walk into any club in the world. Um, so you know, it's I mean, it, it's one of them.
2: A question, a question for you then, Ali. You said it's going to be a game about two chances, but I, I think Spain have created so many chances, and I, I don't think is that going to be like. like do you, what? My question to you is: Do you do 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 you see Spain having 10, 20 chances? in that game like they have done in the past i mean because if it is two chances i think they can accept that they're going to lose
1: who who i'm saying to like you know not shot from outside of the box actually well worked routine um who of italy's quality have they faced yet
2: in this tournament but they've they've absolutely they've even the games they've drew drawn but They've absolutely dominated everything. You year. expect
1: that when they come against them, you're not, you know, they've, they've, that, that's nothing. It's like saying, oh, but you know, M- Manchester United have created chances against the likes of Burnley, Brighton, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You're supposed to. That's the, that's that's the minimum. If Enrique's not creating chances against, I don't know, bloody Switzerland or whoever it was, they played Austria. I think they they come up against, um, then you might as well walk out the door right now. Um, at least with the England side, we've shown that we have been able to create those chances against a sturdy defense. Because when you look at that German team, when I think of about, you know, German football, you always think about massive, strong defenders. That, that, that's the first thing that comes into my head. Now, I think maybe they've branched away from that a little bit, you know, with um, the midfield being relatively impressive. But I think the the strongest part for every German team is the, the defense in the keeper and england broke them down i uh, spain haven't had the opportunity to show that they can do that against a world-class competent side like italy and i think italy have the best defense going into this tournament um so it, it's ba- it's like um you know i haven't seen any evidence of why they would be able to break italy down so i, I can't you can't credit them with that um, you know, they are creating these opportunities against these teams, but again, you know, they haven't really put them away. You're going to... If you're having 20 opportunities against Austria, I think in 90 minutes, you're probably going to have a maximum of eight against Italy if you play well. Um, I, I don't think they're going to put them away. They, they're they not going to have the fluidity on the wings and they don't have a number nine.
2: I mean, uh, yeah, I think I, I agree with you that they won't put them away. I think... Uh, I mean... R- and usually, if you'd like take the 2018 side of Man City, they dominate small teams, and when they get to the big teams, it's still domination, but it's not as much. Obviously, and and, and my my point was more if, if if Spain are going to sit, if Spain can't sit on Italy, and if it'll be that sort of game, mm. more, more so if they'll win. But if,
1: if, if Italy you know. are too sexy on the ball for that to happen, in my opinion. That's ultimately it. I can't think yeah. of a better word for it. Just when, when you're looking at them play, it's just source. Um, you know, you got people like Barella in the midfield just orchestrating everything. You've got um Locatelli man. Locatelli. Look at telly. I mean you look at the wings, look you know, karate. you've got you've got Chiesa yeah. just doing whatever he wants on the ball. And they're able to, to finish. So, you know, I think um I don't think they're gonna have the opportunity to settle like they would you know against i don't know whoever else there is that they've played so yeah i i i I think it's going to be more of a challenge for spain than italy and whether they can overcome that challenge we haven't seen any evidence of we've already seen them be a little bit lackluster now i know enrique uses the example you know Pop the bottle up, you know. We were just fizzing. Now the bottle's been popped. Easy to say that when you haven't played anyone that you'd expect to win the tournament yet. Really?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think I think we're all at consensus that Italy's a favorite to go in. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty clear, right? But but come on, man, Enrique like it's gonna be a war you know what i mean like enrique yeah. he, he doesn't send out his players who oh we're gonna go out there get a 2-1 win we're gonna go out there one no win no no he goes we're gonna go out there we're gonna to go to war we're gonna get four goals past italy that's probably what he's telling them right now he's probably <laughs> telling them all sorts of stuff just to you know pump them up and get them ready to go but i think another manager i think another team actually which is, which is going to be quite which has been quite pumped up really in this tournament for you know because i, I feel like Part of the reason is because of the unfortunate circumstances they found themselves in, is Denmark. And, I mean, I know England is favorites going into that matchup with Denmark, obviously. But, dude, like, this is a team which is, like, which is basically be, being fueled by emotions to some extent. And also, like, they've played decent. Like, they've been astute. They've been defensively, like, uh, like their, their positioning has been solid, you know? And their midfield, their midfield is, is, is doing the work and helping out their defense keep you know, in short that, you know, basically like they're able to create a, a double wall of sorts, right? And Dolberg, Dolberg has been scoring. And he's finally he's finally kind of showing, I guess, once again, the world that, you know, don't forget about Dolberg. You know, because after, after he left Ajax, he kind of fell off the face of the earth in terms of, mm-hmm. I like, guess, you know, popularity, I suppose, or consensus. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I, think, I, think this, I think this Denmark team is kind of special. And, you know, this England team is great. Don't get me wrong. It's clear that they're favorites. But I feel like, and I guess this goes for both games. I think there's a chance for upsets in both games. A very good chance.
1: Yeah, i I I think Denmark being England is more likely than Spain beating Italy, in my opinion. I d- I d- to be honest, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the obviously unfortunate thing that happened with Christian Ogson, I I'd, I'm not sure Denmark would be in this position. I feel like that sort of event absolutely fueled them. They had that one loss against Finland in a match that shouldn't have gone ahead at least for a, for another day or two. Um, but you know what UEFA did, what UEFA did, I guess. Um, and they've t- carried that with them. And, you know, you look at Hilberg, um in the last game, obviously breaking down crying. I think that sort of strength um, being translated onto the pitch has helped them go from strength to strength in this tournament. Um, I, I Obviously, you expect England to win, um, but I don't think we can get too excited by saying we're already in the finals. Denmark will probably be the hardest opposition we come against across that includes germany um i think denmark have been playing every game like it's a final uh they've got a really underrated squad as well so I, i i'm definitely not writing them off we should be winning the game i think um we've played better sides on paper perhaps um, and maybe Croatia, maybe Czech Republic, definitely um, Germany. But obviously they're, they're fueled by something completely different that no one else in the history of the Euros has been fueled by. So, you know, there's no sort of barometer for how far that fuel can go.
2: I, 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 w- I, I wouldn't agree that it'd be like... I, I would say the Spain game would be less of an upset. I think I think in that game from my side... It's where it's like 55 towards Italy. Um, that might be different for you guys. But yeah. I, I think for Denmark, because uh, c- one, we're back at home now and um, England's home record, England's record at Wembley is very strong. And um, that's, I think, uh, a, a big advantage. I, I think that this game, I mean, it, it doesn't really depend on... I, I think England have the quality to go through, but anything c- can happen. And um, yeah, I know that sort of sounds like me saying something without really saying anything, but <laughs> I, I I I do see I do see England going through to the final, but it'll be really competitive. I don't think it'll be sort of Ukraine sort of game. It it will be really close, so it'll be more more the, more the type of game against Croatia, or Czech Republic, where it, the, the results being ground out and it's very systematic yeah. and it's it's a well thought out process rather than just going
0: yeah. Yeah, both teams. I mean, both teams are absolute dogs in their midfield, man. Like Højbjerg for Denmark. I mean, he's a tenacious guy. And then, you know, and I think this is these two players have been key for England, and that's Rice and Phillips, right? Like yeah. they've been shields for that defense. And and like you know, players like that sometimes they go unnoticed, but like I, th- I think they go less unnoticed nowadays, especially since the likes of Conte and stuff. But like. If it, despite England having like, you know, these flashy forwards, right, I think it's really that, that those defensive midfielders and just their ability to just fight basically and make sure that, you know, the the chances which are going past them are chances which their defense can easily deal with or has a better chance of dealing with. And and that gives them, you know, that gives those forwards so much confidence and so much just freedom to just be able to roam and do what they want, right? And also it gives comfort to the defenders and, and gives them time to think and plan out how they're going to close down a situation versus, you know, if you, if, if your midfields are just bombing forward, which is kind of what the problem was with England's golden generation, then your defenders, your center backs don't really have that time in the day to plan out. Okay. Where should I be positioned best? You know, they're kind of just like, okay, I just need to get there ASAP. I don't, you know, I don't care what happens because right now this is priority and I can't think of anything else because this is happening quickly. Right. And, that time and that effort and and just the amount of space basically and then it's and and the comfort which which everyone gets because of rice and phillips like and and henderson as well he kind of pops in every now and then right he's been (laughs) off right now but he's scored a goal my guy i don't
1: think henderson starts above rice and phillips right now to be honest which is quite a big thing to say
2: right
0: yeah i think i mean he also has a nagging injury i would as a Liverpool fan, without, I would like him not to start. I would like him to stay healthy, you know, and chill out a bit.
2: I, I, hmm. Yeah, I agree with you both on that front. I think without the injury, though, Henderson's one of the best midfielders in the world, at any place. But, yeah, I guess I guess before Rish goes on the cover of America, is there, like, one def- one team you guys are picking to win? It? I think me and Ali are going to agree quite a bit on this, but... So
1: yeah, I mean, I got a, my, my heart saying England, my head saying Italy. To be honest, but you know, I got okay. to back the boys. I think if anyone's going to stun Italy, it would be England. I, the only issue I can see with um, both sets is I think you've got more natural winners in that Italy team. I think there's more players season to winning those big trophies, being in them finals. Well, other than Sterling, who if England got stones doesn't didn't really play um in years gone by mid this season yeah but in seasons gone by didn't necessarily play too much in those bigger occasions um and obviously there's the weight of that um and there i think you know you've got you've got some really really good winners especially that back to um uh um italy and bonucci and Giuliani, that will be very very key to have that sturdy level headiness at the back i think that's going to be probably the most important factor in that game Um, so it's just a case of can Southgate rally the troops in that regard when they've had no experience in that situation obviously I hope that that they can but I think that's something that's going to account to something should that be the final but that's the final that I'm going to go with
0: so I I want Spain to win this one and and the reason for this is this this is a team which should not be here, Alright? Like, if you just go back, you know, rewind to the beginning of this tournament, like, this is a team which was missing Busquets because, you know, COVID. Uh, they had, they had I think, what, tw- two players less in their squad. They took, what, 24 players of the total 26 allowed, right? They barely got to train. Before their, mat- in their warm-up game to the Euros, they had to play their U23s because, you know, their senior squad was out because of quarantine, right? Like, this team had everything... Like which could have gone wrong, gone wrong for them. Right? But somehow Luis and, and this is the and not to mention, by the way, Laporta, their main center back, this is his first time playing for the Spain, basically, right? So everything which could have gone wrong went wrong. David De Gea, their main goalkeeper, who they were probably hoping would be amazing by this point, you know, is not. He's fallen off. They have had to rely on other parties. And they have a Eric Garcia who's barely played professional football, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, but he, he's performing, right? He's doing so decent They have Morata up top, who everyone hates and doubts at the same time. But, like, he's literally been, along with Busquets, the most important, one of the two most important players in that Spanish squad. And they they, have, they, they left behind Sergio Ramos, right? They, 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 they're, they don't have their golden generation anymore with them, except for Busquets. That's pretty much it, right? Like, this is a squad which should not be, right now, doing as well as it has. Yeah, they might have gotten easier opponents. We can say perhaps they didn't, you know, if they were going as Belgium rather than Italy, could have been a different story with Italy and Belgium in the semifinal, right? But hmm. That, you know, at the end of the day, you play with the cards you're dealt with. And I want to see them and Denmark, both of them, because I think both of them have a great story, continue to the final and face off. And because I like that story, right? I like the story of these guys who, who are given the worst hand and they go, okay, fine, we'll still play. And, you know, because at the end end of the day, once the whistle blows, right, you're just playing a game of football. And everything else, once the game starts, right, and once the game, like during those 90 minutes, like everything else, like everything else is just noise. It doesn't matter. And I think those two have proven that out of anyone else.
2: I think for me, my heart and head says England, I think we, we have it in us to beat Denmark. And I think in the final, I think against Italy, it'll be a grind. I think Spain. It'll be about exposing their fragile defense because because they've made a lot of mistakes. So yeah, I, I think I think we have it in us to, especially because now both games are at Wembley. Um, now That no, no, we have a good chance of getting yeah. through. Best yeah, chance we'll rip. have for a yeah. long time.
0: I would yeah, add this sure. in my, in my mind. Right. So my heart says Spain and and also Denmark in the in the final with Spain winning it. But in in my mind, I think I think England are the favorite. Right, like I, I, love Italy. I think Italy's amazing, dude. This England team, right? Like this England team at home, right? They've never won this tournament before. They have so much to prove, and I think, I think right now with the, just the hunger this team has, and Harry Kane, and and Sterling, like there, there's just so many just quality, like world class players. Like Italy has world class players. Don't so get me wrong, but dude, England, pretty much every single position, is just boom, boom, Premier League winner. You know, freaking even a Henderson Champions League winner, right? or, you know, challenging for a Premier League. Like, like these guys are playing in the best league in the world on a daily basis. They're being coached by some of the best coaches in the world. And they're going off against each battling coaches and teams who are some of the best in the world. Like, this is the golden era of the Premier League. Like, yeah, and, and I think it's now under Southgate, who's a pragmatic coach who understands, like, hey, we need to be able to build a solid defense and be solid tactically in that department before we can, you know, look, to go and try to attack. And the thing is, these guys have great attack, right? Like, like they can afford to be as defensive as they want because they have some of the best attackers in the world. So, I, I think because of all that combined, I feel like this this England team is going to do it.
2: Keep Anyways. the faith. Keep the
0: faith.
2: <laughs> do you want to um, we'll, go we'll, through we'll, what, what's been going on in, in the Copa America, Rish? So, the, give us the lowdown the, for someone who hasn't watched it. <laughs>
0: So, so, the Copa America obviously started off, I, I think, in the most Copa America way possible, which was big protests. And, you know, basically, the, the Copa, so originally it was going to take place, I think, in Colombia. And then it was decided that Argentina wanted to clean up its image or something. And so, like, a, you know, a little bit of collusion later, it's uh, it's taking place both in Colombia and Argentina. But then it turns out COVID. So, hey, we're going to move it now to Brazil at the last moment, which is the worst hit country in South America. Right and whose president that basically was an anti vaxxer right? Yeah. But and obviously <laughs> protests going on, empty stadiums, and but but the Copa goes on, right? And that's kind of what the Copa is known for. It's it's just madness, and honestly, like so a few a few key things. First of all, this Argentina team is is freaking special, dude. I I love this Argentina team, <laughs> right? It's it's basically Diego Simeone. Yeah, it's basically do you, if, as if you just took Diego Simeone's brain and you just suddenly plopped it on there. You know, obviously not perfect. You know, I think, like, for example, against against e- Ecuador, they probably should have conceded at least two or three goals. There were some good chances, missed by Antonio Valencia. Valencia. Um, and even against Chile, like, they were able to, like, grind out a victory, which, which I think is a big deal because Chile is one of those teams which is difficult to beat, but this is not that same Chile squad which won the Copa America back in 2015 and before. And against um, Uruguay, I mean, I think against Uruguay they probably look the best. But once again, this Uruguay team, despite being you know having talent, is just yeah, they're kind of, they were kind of lackluster, honestly. Mm, and right? the big
1: players are aging as well.
0: Exactly. I mean, they have Fede Valverde and stuff, but he was playing out on the wing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. But ultimately, right? This is kind of a a weak era in suppose in South America compared to what we were used to in the past, where every team was just stacked, right? Like in this era, clearly Brazil are just, you know, top notch above everyone else. And and Argentina are basically that second team. But here's the thing. And and this is why I, I like Argentina so much and why I think they finally have a chance of winning. Is because they have you know, they have the, the Trinity. They have Messi, they have Paul, and they have Martinez. And like these three guys, I mean, sheesh. Okay, first of all, Messi. Messi's Messi, right? Nothing more yeah, to say on no that. Sense. Right? <laughs> But De Paul, man, this guy's a revelation. So he's actually moving to Atletico Madrid. I'm, I'm pretty sure this uh, window is he the and one who plays for Udinese. Yeah, 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 he's basically the perfect like Diego Simeone player. He's tenacious. He he bas- he, co- he covers he screens for the defense really well. But most importantly, he can he can yes he's he's great positionally, tactically, defensively. But he's very good at setting up those attacks quickly. He's like Busquets, but better defense, better positioning. In that sense. And like yes, Busquets is better as a in terms of like being able to pass the ball out and create those attacks overall, right? But this guy, you know, he, if you were to take Conte and Busquets and kind of find a medium between the two, you would get dip Paul. He's okay. excellent. And I think he's pretty much the the player which Argentina had been missing in their midfield for a long time. Right? Because Argentina always had these very creative players, very talented players. But they never had this one guy who just just fight for that ball, just in the midfield like Conte does. And then also from the, from that midfield create the attack. Usually you t- you had like Messi dropping down or Di Maria dropping down to the midfield try to pick up the ball and create that attack. And that just that kind of you know takes away from the point of having one of the best attacks in the world. You want your attackers up top, you know, engaging in the final third ideally, and not in, in your own final third picking up the ball. Depaul he takes that pressure away. Now he he's doing that for them. And then Martinez, Martinez is always dangerous. He's fast. He's clinical. He scored a goal, uh, I think, yesterday against Ecuador. Messi with two hat-tricks yesterday. DePaul with a goal. Messi got a hat. uh, Then Messi also scored a goal, a beautiful free kick. It's it's a good team. It's firing on all cylinders. And here's another thing, And because obviously I talk about these three players. But what I've noticed is this new coach, who's an interim coach by the Scolari, you know, he's he's in that Argentine mold which Diego Simeon is in, which is just four four two, we defend two great attackers, go do everything else. Right? But the thing is, he's basically drilled his team to be something which I suppose previous Argentine Tina teams were not, which is be completely selfless. Right? Like there's a reason why players like Di Maria are only being brought on off the bench. Yeah. Right? It's because like he doesn't care if you're a superstar or not. All he cares is will you do the dirty work of and of being in the right position at the right time and make sure we don't concede, which is the primary goal of the other team? And also, are you, you know, humble enough to be like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll exchange positions with this left back and go play left back, even though I'm a left winger, because I know by being there, this left back can track, his marker better, and I'll go defend, right? I'm going to give up this chance of trying to go attack and score because I, my team needs me to be back right now. Yeah. You know? And, and that's selfless. That's interplay. That that movement of of that mechanical movement, really, right? And and being just this interlock, this unit. I think this is something which has been missing in Argentina for a while. And now, despite this team being, I suppose, less talented than say, like a 2014 team which went over World Cup, it's it ha- it is a better team overall. And this coach, Scalari, dude, interim coach. I- if this, guy, if this guy is able to win the Copa, I mean, even if he doesn't win the Copa America, I hope, I really hope Argentina just hires him full time. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's Brazil. Brazil is Brazil. I mean, they have everything department. They're booming. They're banging. I mean, they have two of the best goalkeepers around. They have some of the best attackers around. They have great midfielders, great defenders. Thiago Silva, I mean, what a fucking legend. <laughs> they're just, yeah. They're, I, I, I mean, mean they're, they're honestly the perfect team.
2: A question to, to both of you then is is this is this Messi's best chance of winning an international trophy? Because well he will be in the World Cup next year, but yeah. that will be a little bit well a much more competitive. It, it's dependent on because
1: I haven't really followed the Cup of America. I've been too busy watching England bring it home. But um, you know if you know some interim coach that they have now is given that opportunity to then further build the team in a year's time, who knows what players he'll have at that point to fit that mould. So it is difficult to say Um, but again, you know, the competition is going to be a lot harder when you factor in the likes of England, um, Italy particularly. England England first because England are going to win it, obviously. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's some of the European teams coming in who, you know, will be able to popify even even a team like Belgium, who probably disappointed a bit in the Euros. France, who definitely disappointed in these Euros. Portugal, who are a bit disappointed again in these Euros. Um, you know, you put them up against Argentina, you know, is the... the, the gap isn't too big uh, apart from Messi obviously so you know um, it's just I, it probably is I think the Cup of America is probably the easiest tournament to win you know you look at sort of the teams that were in that last eight if I'm correct there's the likes of Colombia, Uruguay, Peru and Paraguay in there along with yeah. you know, Peru and Paraguay don't even qualify for the World Cup oh. a lot of the time do you know what I mean? Dude they had uh, a sick game. <laughs> 3-3 I think Mm, but that's the thing, you know, that you've got teams like that in there who are just filler, um, who will not be at the World Cup or if they are in the World Cup, you don't expect them to get out of the group stage. So I think they have to make this chance count because it's the, the level, the golfing quality is just an ocean.
0: I mean, the thing is, like, in South America, even like the worst team, which is basically Venezuela. All right. Second worst team, right, which is like Ecuador and stuff. like Like, they're still pretty good. You know what I mean like cuz this is a continent which just bleeds this game like in this yeah. continent like football is king that's it right every other thing is like second but like you said right there's a lot more competition in the world cup and not just a european competition but like look dude, we have a pretty sick USA team coming up we have some pretty good interesting looking african teams coming out also asia dude like Qatar is actually looking like a decent team right i mean they won the asian cup last time around right you have you have teams like japan which yes they're not like world-class teams but like they can do damage and this time they have a kubo who's really starting to come up and starting to make some noise right and because of that because of the added competition i I don't think like despite this argentina team being something like really nice really special i don't know if they have that to be able to you know win a world cup i think that's just too much of an ask though i would not discredit them or or not i won't like I think they would still be in the running, right? And we have to remember in this Copa America, we haven't we haven't seen Dybala because well he wasn't even called to the squad. Right? <laughs> and and that's what I mean. Like there's a lot of like these Argentine players, big players in Europe, but also like guys who are currently playing in the Argentina League who can just explode at any time. Right? Who so given time, who knows? I think maybe if they're sticking with this coach and this coach continues to have success, perhaps you can raise the odds of Argentina doing good at the world cup but like that's you know what I mean like that's still not I don't think that's still enough right like there's there's just so many other good teams so this probably is Messi's best and final chance of winning an international trophy and look he's been to I think like what three or four Copa America finals right and last time he went to the final Copa America lost to Brazil this Mm -hmm. time it's probably going to be Brazil in the final Right, unless Peru can do upset tonight, which I I, I doubt. <laughs> right. But I, I guess we'll see what happens. I hope Messi gets it.
2: <laughs> I guess then. I guess final two questions. and well, what the first one to both of you? Can, can what like one winner like we, we did before. I know Ali, you haven't seen much of it, so you, you can skip that one. But but Vares yeah. is there? Uh, I mean, if, I'll is, go first
1: because mine will be mine will be mine will be shorter. I think on paper, it's got to be Brazil. But then again, um, I don't like really like Neymar, so I'd rather see Argentina win. <laughs> and it makes the Ronaldo message a bit, a lot spicier. So, yeah. yeah. Um, ideally, Colombia just, against the odds, come in and do the business, but that's very unlikely. So, yeah, I'll probably... If I was a betting man, just looking at the teams on paper, I'd probably go
2: Brazil. And uh, so, okay, so for, for, for Ish, well, a team that you're backing to win, and... One player that stood out for you in the tournament. It doesn't have to be like the best player, just one that's caught your eye.
0: Fair, fair. I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm i a big sucker. I've sucked up to him enough, but I'm going to suck up to him again. DePaul, this guy, man, I'm telling you, when you guys see him next year at Atletico in the Champions League, oof. <laughs> you got him and Nunez, what's his name? Yeah. Darwin Nunes, name? Nunez. Yeah, Nunez. The two of them together? Jeez. It's, it's going to be a very dirty midfield. I mean, it's it's nasty. When it comes to who I want to win, dude, like, I, I'm not a Barcelona fan at all, right? I, I could care less about Barcelona. Half the time I hate them because they're, they're so arrogant, right? I'm a, <laughs> Like, I'm a Liverpool fan, for God's sake. Right? But I'm a Messi fanboy through and through, dude. I want Messi to win so bad. Like, he, he is the greatest player I've ever seen play football, period. Like, to me, it's... Like, I I understand, like, you know, the Messi-Ronaldo debate, right? It will rage on forever, right? And it's kind of counterintuitive because, like, counterproductive because both players are great, right? You got to enjoy them too. But to me, I I genuinely do not understand how someone can, like, how someone can think that Ronaldo is a better player than Messi. I think he's a, you know, he's a great footballer. I think he's amazing. But to me, like, when I say, like, and this is just, like, obviously, obviously, I I could be wrong because clearly a lot of people think that Ronaldo is better than Messi, right? Or is equal to him, right? But to me, like I'm I, like when I say I'm, I'm when it comes to like my fandom, my love for Messi and his game, I generally do not think there's there has ever been someone who's even close to him, right? Like I generally like, and so for me, like my heart, my mind, every time, every single tournament is always I want if it, you know if the U.S. is not there or if India is not there, I want Messi <laughs> to win. I want Argentina to win. Dude, so for so me, that's is. what I'm
1: back in. <laughs> is India ever there? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, one, one day, India will qualify go. for a World Cup. One
1: day. Uh, fingers crossed, bro. Sunil so Neil Chaitry comes
0: out of retirement. Dude, you know business. he has not retired? He surpassed uh, Messi in international goals.
1: I- I'm just talking about how long it's going to be before they qualify. It'll probably oh. be 60. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know what? At least they qualified for Asia last time around. They're in Asia qualification right now. That's true. That's true. So hopefully, hopefully, maybe we can criticism. do something in Asia. You never know. <laughs> 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 nah,
1: we'll yeah. see. We'll see.
0: But, oh, besides that, India, I guess, that, I guess two, two things, last things real quick. Uh, Gold Cup is about to start. The U.S. is sending their B and C team. Mexico is sending their C team because they're going to the Olympics. Canada is sending their A team. And they did try to recruit Mori, by the way, uh, yeah. from England. So there, there's <laughs> there's that, but um, and and also the Olympics are going to start, which is going to be exciting to see. A lot of young players are going to be scouted there. I think, mm-hmm. I especially Mexico. I think there's some special stuff going on there, and and Mexico have stolen a few U.S. dual nationals. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think this, this year's Olympics. I, I, honestly, I'm looking forward to them. I'm looking forward to yeah. see what the the U23s got.
1: It should be quite an interesting one. I'm I'm quite interested to see which young players start to emerge.
0: Yeah, and ooh, one thing I should say, Daryl DK or Daryl Dyke, uh, for the U.S. he got called up for the Gold Cup. I mean, he's been basically scoring a goal every other game in the MLS, and he mm. has played in the championship for I think Barnsley, and and he <laughs> got and he helped them get uh, what you called it? And they got promoted, right? They got went to the playoffs. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I know he had a good season with Barnsley, and he was he was like decent, but he supposedly rumored to move to Europe, and there there are rumors that he might become in England. So. Oh, if, if you guys want to see a potential, you know, potential future, decent, solid, who knows? Type. I mean, I, I think he's a good player. Uh, <laughs> then you can you can check out the Gold Cup and and see maybe Daryl like future number nine for for the US, perhaps a Premier go. League. Let's
1: go. We'll see what happens. It should be interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we keep keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for it. But yeah, we'll we'll be back like later in the week to to discuss the aftermath. Um. Yeah, see see how these games came out. And then, obviously, the big final for both competitions. Yeah, Sunday's
1: Sundays going to be good. And obviously, as always, 11th of July, the um, draft... premiership finals is going to take place the biggest finals of the summer the um, biggest <laughs> season three coming to an end we got some really good competitors in there uh, so obviously stay in tune for that and obviously stay tuned to the other content that's coming out here obviously we started the kickback it's been quite successful so far a lot more in the pipeline fingers crossed i'm in i'm in the dms with the few boys so you know hopefully <laughs> we can get some other great content creators in the space um to to show their faces uh for us but um, yeah that that's all from me any of you boys have any final words no alright cool beans good luck England Art we don't need luck, luck when we have talent that's uh, <laughs> all I'm gonna say <laughs> and I nah, thank enough. you very much for watching guys and we'll catch you all uh, when, whenever you drop in on this next
0: yeah and be sure to leave a rating helps us grow help us leave the rating leave
1: the rating leave the rating come
0: on what are you, you
2: playing not leaving the rating leave it.